Late Night Conversations Late Night Conversations Monday to Thursday 10pm till midnight Leading the late night conversation, my name is Patricia Anduli. We are speaking health conversations right now. I'd like to welcome on the line Dr. Anthony Turton from the Center of Environmental Management at the Institution of the University of Free State. Thank you very much, Dr. Turton, for joining us this evening. Good evening to you and the listeners. Good to, have, good to be on there. Well, uh, we're talking about something that is quite, mm, you know, when you think about it. Anyone who thinks of sewerage, we are associated with waste. We don't associate it with something that could possibly be a way forward for us to test the COVID-19 or the coronavirus that we're facing. However, uh, there is apparently a test kit that is able to take uh, some samples and survey um, some of the sewage samples to find out or maybe reinforce the testing efforts that are currently going on around COVID-19. Please tell us a bit more about this. Yes, um, technology has been advancing quite significantly. And uh, what is now possible uh, is to detect minute traces of pieces of virus, not even the entire virus, that is found in, uh, in human waste. Uh, it's a well-known fact that uh, after a person is infected, uh, they shed the virus in their waste. Uh, they can do this for up to a month after they no longer infected. Uh, so, so this has been known for a period of time now. And uh, it, is, it is now possible using uh, modern technology to detect minute quantities in, uh, in waste. And from that, you can uh, do some very clever science and you can extrapolate it upwards to, to monitor how the total viral load in a given population is changing. Is it getting bigger or is it getting smaller over time? Now, uh, Doctor, we know that we've got uh, 824 wastewater treatment works in the country. Would it be possible for um, scientists to go to each and every one of these uh, water, wastewater works to start sampling uh, these uh, sewage uh, um, and s- survey them to find um, what needs to be found in order for us to know where we stand? Yes, yes uh, there's an interesting uh, aspect that most people are unaware of. Um, law enforcement agencies in places like the United States of America have been using sewage surveillance for a long period of time to determine what the drug use is, uh, particularly the recreation, recreational or illegal drug use is in a given community. And they've, they've refined that technology to such an extent that they can even tell now where a new drug dealer moves into a given community uh, or a new, a new point of supply has come in. So it's, so it's become very, very sophisticated. And it's not a question of a scientist going in and just taking a dip and taking, a, taking the odd sample out of curiosity. It becomes a standard operational procedure because all of your waste works have to, have to uh, be subject to various regulatory uh, processes. They have to report to the, the regulator you know, about certain quality parameters because all waste water eventually is discharged back into our rivers and ultimately comes back as our drinking water again. I don't know if people realize that, but, uh, but most of our waste water is recycled back ultimately into rivers and then, and then on into our drinking water. So it just becomes a standard part of the operat- uh, operating procedure and it's just really another step in the process. 
issues. So if you're saying in the United States uh, they have been using such uh, testing methods, let's talk about the protocol that needs to be followed in order for us to be able to be comfortable with taking sewage samples to start testing and the safety of them. Yes, okay, so sewage is always considered hazardous. Uh, so, so this is not necessarily more hazardous than normal sewage. You must remember that when we're talking about virus in, uh, in human waste, we're not necessarily talking about active virus. So the virus is not necessarily capable of infecting somebody, although there is a possibility uh, the, the, the jury is still out on that one. This is what is known technically as fetal oral uh, uh, contamination. Uh, so the jury's out on that. Uh, in some cases, it has been found to be possible, but it's still not uh, not widely accepted that that is so. But it is now increasingly accepted that there that, that there is uh, in fact virus in, uh, in 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 human waste and a range of viruses. Not only uh, not only this particular virus. There's a whole host of viruses. Uh, uh, you know, polio, for example, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And because each virus consists of RNA. And RNA is, think of a kind of DNA, it's uh, just another form of DNA, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's made up of very specific building blocks. And, and, and even though the virus has been denatured, the building blocks are still present, and the, the, the testing now is so sensitive that it can find minute traces of those building blocks. And because it, uh, uh, it is so specific, think of a fingerprint, it can say that that particular piece of virus it sees now is most definitely uh, 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 coronavirus or COVID-19. We are talking to Dr. Turton, who is uh, the professor and uh, the doctor um, at uh, the Center of Environmental Management at the University of the Free State. And we are talking about how scientists say that the answer for COVID-19 testing could possibly lie in sewage surveillance. As he has said, it's been done in other countries, in the United States, not only for COVID-19, but for other issues that are social issues. And that's what we're talking about today. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, like to ask your questions, you may do so by calling us on 0891-104-207 or 011-714-3945-011-714-2788. If you'd like to WhatsApp us, it's on 614 now, uh, uh, Doctor, the, the, the other issue here would be the fact that if you are saying, oh, and most of us, I think we are aware that the water that we get um, is recycled water. And if the virus, the COVID-19 virus, is still found within some of the waste products that are, are, are we put into the Swiss system, when this water is recycled, has there been testing to determine that the water that has been recycled is free of the COVID-19? Yes, I think let's unpack that because it's very important that we don't confuse people uh, on this topic. Okay? Mm. The fact that the virus is present in waste does not imply that the virus is still an active pathogen. The virus consists of a, think of a, of a skin of, of a fatty tissue uh, and inside that fatty tissue is, uh, is a coiled up think of a coiled up spring that contains all this genetic material that's RNA. So the reason why the fatty portion is important is because when you wash your hands with detergent or with alcohol, it breaks down the fat and that, that, that denatures the virus. So the virus is, can't really exist for too long outside the human body 
although it, it does exist on surfaces, etc. But the presence of virus in waste does not imply that that virus is still an active pathogen. Although, as I said earlier on, there, there, are, there are, have been some cases that have been recorded uh, uh, in China, for example, where there is uh, still active uh, virus. That's the first thing. The second thing is that all water in South Africa is, is uh, treated, all potable water, is treated to a standard known as SANS 241. Uh, so SANS, that's the National, National uh, 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 Regulatory Authority for Standards. And SANS, SANS 241 defines all of the parameters, and there are hundreds of parameters for drinking water, and one of them is the absence of virus uh, or, or you know, a whole range of, of, of uh, pathogenic organisms. So water that's treated to SANS 241 is safe for use, and uh, it's, it's very important that we don't create uh, any panic uh, about people out there. Well, I think you have laid our, um, you know, anxieties to rest when it comes to that. All South Africans are going to say no more tap water. Um, however, let's move on to the topic at hand. You say that by taking some of these samples, we are able to find out um, what's happening in those particular communities when it comes to COVID-19. Could this then uh, ease the pressure of testing kits for individuals or is it uh, for an entire community? Okay, that's a very good question, because when you test uh, an individual, let's unpack the whole process of testing an individual. So the, 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 you can't just walk in off the streets and say to a medical practitioner, I want to be tested. You first have to get sick, sick enough to actually report to a hospital or to a doctor. And only once you have got enough, enough of, the, uh, of the symptoms will they then uh, uh, get a test. So in other words, not all people are tested, although at the moment there is an, an effort being made by various governments throughout the world to go out and test people uh, 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 randomly, okay? So let us, let us uh, first unpack the, the, the fact that, that the only people that are currently tested are those that are already known to be sick. But we know that a significant portion of the population is asymptomatic. And that is the dangerous portion of the population because they don't show any symptoms of the illness, but they are themselves contagious. Now, work that's been done in the United States of America, particularly in the state of New York, has shown that in the order of about 15% of the people have been affected but are asymptomatic. So that is an important number that is missing in the overall equation because we only come to know the the people that have actually tested positive, we know what that number is, and we know of that number how many have died and how many have recovered. Uh, so the missing piece of information now is the, is, the, is the people that are asymptomatic that cannot ever be tested because uh, they, they're not yet sick. Um, so that, 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 that is an important uh, distinction to make. The other important distinction to make is that when a person goes in to be tested, Think of a test like that as a photograph. It is a snapshot in time. That person, whatever the person's name is, at that particular moment in time is either positive or negative. If they're negative, on their way back home after testing, they can now become infected again. So that snapshot only tells you a piece of information. What we rather need to have is a, is a movie. And a movie tells you over a period of time, lots and lots of little single snapshots, and it tells you the moving picture that this is what is happening in a given community over time. And that's what sewage surveillance is able to do. It's a movie rather than a snapshot.
So, Dr. Turton, let's talk about the, 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 the test. When you say asymptomatic people could then be, um, you know, discovered within a particular community, should a sewage surveillance uh, be done? How then would the health department um, be able to step in and then find who these asymptomatic people are because the samples would have been coming from a communal storage or wastewater system? Yes, you're entirely correct. So in other words, the, 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 the surveillance in a wastewater works uh, would, would tell us what is happening in the community in that catchment area for the wastewater works. Now, we've got 824 wastewater works in the country, and because we've got fairly accurate census data, we know to a fairly high degree of accuracy how many people are in each of the catchment areas of each of those uh, water treatment plants. So now, we, at, at the moment, what's happening is the Department of Health is going out into specific communities and doing, doing randomized testing, uh, uh, one-on-one testing. But through the sewage surveillance, we can now start saying that, that this particular community in this particular area is now a hotspot, but this other community in another area is not necessarily a hotspot. And that can then be used to direct the Department of Health to go and specifically saturate that area to try and find the individuals. Because sewage surveillance will only tell us what a community's viral load is. It will never tell us which individual in the community is carrying virus. Mm. So it's a holistic or bird-eyes view of a particular community as opposed to an individual um, uh, view. Now, my question here is, with this particular test kit, is it a test kit that has been accepted by our Department of Health or our government? And is it a test kit that is readily available to be used in South Africa? Yes, it's not a test kit. It's, a, it's, it's actually a protocol and it makes use of a scientific process that is a fairly recent development over the last couple of years. And uh, it's, it's a, the process is known as PCR. And PCR, it's got a long word, I won't use the word too often, but it stands for polymerase chain reaction. So think about a chain reaction. What it does is it, it detects the minute quantity of a particular portion of a, of a, of a, of a bacteria or of a virus, uh, of, of DNA or RNA, and then puts it into, think of a photocopy machine, and it replicates that up hundreds and hundreds of times to basically increase the number so that it's now big enough to be, to be looked at properly. So it's not a test kit, it is a test process, and the process can only be conducted by a laboratory that does have PCR capabilities. Uh, now, you asked whether, whether government is aware of this. Yes, they are. Uh, the Water Research Commission uh, in the last week, in fact, uh, made a, a very substantial announcement that they are working with an American entity uh, on, on doing research into improving this particular test methodology. So the WRC is doing a really, really good job of work, uh, but they are working on improving the science behind it. Where, where I'm coming from is, uh, is the business community, uh, the uh, South African Business Water Chamber, and we are looking at the implementation of the technology. So the WRC is looking at improving the science. We are looking at rolling out uh, the implementation, and we are working in tandem with each other. Uh, we are working with the Dutch Technology Group, uh, they've already perfected this particular methodology, and uh, they have made this technology available to South Africa for any of the of the laboratories that are able to uh, to to, to uh, or currently have the PCR capability.
You made mention when we started off that in the United States and other countries, they would uh, do a sewer surveillance um, and look at things like what new drugs are in the community. Are there any other diseases that we could possibly test? For instance, um, HIV and cancer and diabetes. Could we possibly find some sort of overlook or, um, um, you know, an, an, an understanding of what happens in particular communities with certain diseases? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, this technology, it's in a suite of technologies, and this technology is being refined as we, as we go along. So we are, I would think we're still in the early phases of this particular technology. But technology develops very, very rapidly. And uh, um, it's not, without any question of doubt, uh, we'll be able to pick up other diseases with it. But if I can just uh, reverse back out of this, this particular technology and, 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 and refer to this other uh, system that I was telling you about, where they, they use it for drug testing, that, 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 is, that is a different process, but that is also becoming extremely sophisticated now. So sophisticated, for example, that, that, that it is possible to go and buy orange juice in a grocery store and test that orange juice, and, and they can tell what, what chemicals the farmer used to produce those oranges. And they can tell you that orange juice brand A is different to orange juice brand B because of the chemicals that the farmer used. Okay? So it's become extremely sophisticated, and it really all comes down to the ability to measure minute quantities of, of, of a substance in a very, very accurate way. Um, thank you so very much, uh, Dr. Turton. And as we close, are you encouraging that South Africa should move in this direction quickly so we can have an understanding as to where we lie with the COVID-19? Yes, I think if anything, the COVID-19 has created an enormous uh, uh, reservoir of goodwill. Uh, you're finding uh, governments all over the world are cooperating, and you also find that the business community is coming to support of the government. Um, I am a founding member of the, of the South African Business Water Chamber, and the purpose of the Water Chamber is to bring the, the, the let's say, the power or the capability of the private sector uh, to assist government in, in rolling out uh, um, uh, things that are of mutual interest. You must remember that it's, uh, it's in everyone's best interest that we have a healthy community, that we can, we can you know, have a healthy business environment, that people can earn an honorable income, etc., and that we can go back to the way life was before we had this virus. Thank you so very much, Dr. Turton. It was really a great pleasure to get an understanding of this new technology that we could possibly benefit from. SAFM leading the conversation.